Good morning. Good morning to our Matthews location. And for those of you watching online, grateful to have you today. If you're returning home from a Thanksgiving trip and watching New City Online, be safe driving. And we're grateful to have you joining us this way. We've been in a series since the month of August when we were in short sleeves, uh, walking through the story and the life of Daniel. And today we're gonna finish that series in Daniel chapter 10, uh, all the way through Daniel chapter 12, the final chapter. So uh, if you have a copy of the scriptures, wherever you are, I wanna encourage you to open with me. Uh, One last time with our friend Daniel in Daniel chapter 10, as we look at a, a final vision that God gives to Daniel and we finish this incredible story of a man who followed God no matter what. The Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a hope fulfilled is a tree of life, Proverbs 13, 12. I wonder for some of you who are sitting in here today who are watching, uh, if you come in with a a hope that's deferred in your life, uh, to maybe say it another way with a heart that aches and yearns for something more, something different in your life. Uh, Maybe as we step out of this Thanksgiving week and you were around loved ones and maybe you returned home to a a place where you grew up or that's familiar to you, your your heart still longs for something more in relationship, something that's not yet been fulfilled. Or maybe you you come in today uh, with a broken heart. Any of you relate to this passage, Proverbs 13, 12? Hope deferred makes a heart ache, it makes it sick, but when a hope is fulfilled, it's a It's a tree of life, it it flowers, it blossoms. This final scene of Daniel, our friend Daniel in chapters 10 through 12, this final vision. When we meet Daniel here, he's 85 years old. He's 85 years old and he's crying. If we look at chapter 10, verse two, Daniel's alone, he's crying and he's been crying for three weeks. You ever cried for three weeks? The picture that we get of Daniel, an 85 year old alone and crying is of a person with a broken heart. Hope that has has been deferred. This is Daniel's 70th year when we meet him here in chapter 10. It's his 70th year in captivity and he gives us some details here in, first, in verse one. It's the, the first month of the Hebrew calendar, which is Nisan, which is our March or April. And that's significant because it was during the first month of the Hebrew calendar that they would celebrate Passover, the highest of all the days in the Jewish calendar. And this is the 70th time that Daniel is celebrating Passover away from Jerusalem, not able to be at the temple. He's alone and he's crying. He's seen some of the other captives and the next generation return back to Jerusalem, but he's unable to return the 500 plus miles from Babylon to Jerusalem that he, that he first traveled when he was a 15 year old. And it's not a broken kingdom that's holding him captive anymore here in chapter 10, it's a broken body. He's an old man and he's unable to make the trip and his heart yearns to celebrate Passover again and worship the one true living God in the temple in the city of David again. And even the the captives that have returned, news has come back to Daniel that it's not going well for them. 
There's a lot of resistance in the land. There's resistance to rebuilding the temple, to rebuilding the walls, to rebuilding the people of God in Jerusalem. It would be another generation until Nehemiah and Ezra would rebuild the people and rebuild the walls and the temple in Jerusalem. Daniel is alone. Daniel's crying. Hope deferred makes a heart sick, but hope fulfilled is a, is a tree of life. Daniel mourns, and maybe you mourn today, maybe you grieve today for a hope that has been deferred that, that you're coming to realize is not going to be completely fulfilled in this lifetime. I think when we meet Daniel here, as we've journeyed with him as a teenager all the way to an 85-year-old, he's realizing that in his lifetime, he's not going to see everything that he's longed for and he's hoped for, complete restoration of the temple, of the people of God, of, of being back with his family, with the family of God and worshiping God in the city of God. You know, C.S. Lewis uh, wrote a book about the grief that he went through when his when his wife died of cancer, uh, maybe you know it, it's called a grief observed. And, and, and there's so much uh, work that, that Lewis did that's so helpful for us who are grieving and maybe have a broken heart today. But one of the things that Lewis says is that pain cannot be ignored. Pleasure oftentimes can be ignored or overlooked. In fact, Lewis went on to write in a grief observed that, that God whispers to us in our pleasures that he speaks to us in our conscience, but he screams to us in our pain. Pain and grief and loss are his megaphone to, to rouse a, a deaf and a dying world, Lewis said. The apostle Paul said it this way, we as the people of God, we grieve, but we do so with hope. We do so with hope. And in this moment, let's just go there for a few minutes. In this moment, as Daniel is alone, as he's been crying for three weeks, as he realizes he will never physically return to Jerusalem, to the, to the city of God, he will never step foot in the temple of God again and celebrate Passover. As he's grieving, God gives this incredible word of hope to him. And it's in the form of this final vision, the fourth vision in chapters 10 through 12. And I'm, I'm not going to read the whole vision for you, so you can be thankful for that today, right? All three chapters. But I want to encourage you to read it. This week to go and read Daniel chapters 10 through 12, this final vision, this, this vision of hope that God gives to a, to a grieving Daniel. And maybe, just maybe, his living word, his, his word of hope and vision to you as you experience loss and grief and a, a hope that's been deferred or, or you realize is not going to be completely fulfilled in this lifetime. And God speaks right into that with a, with a megaphone. Because part of Lewis's experience there was that, you know, he said that God gives us some pleasant little ends on this side of eternity, but he will never allow us to to mistake this world for our home. I think all of you would agree with me that this world is, is not operating the way that God intended it to. And that as we read headline after headline after headline of grief and despair and loss and pain and suffering, we're reminded that this world is not our home. And God 
God uses that. He doesn't cause it, but he uses it as a megaphone to speak a message of hope to us. And that's exactly what happens to Daniel here in chapters 10 through 12. Let me just teach an overview of the vision. When you look at chapters 10 through 12 and this vision of hope that God gives to Daniel in the final stages of his life, in his grief, the first thing to notice is that it's a vision of a succession of evil kings and kingdoms that continue to miss the mark. It's a succession of people who are full of themselves and pride and continue to destroy other people and their own kingdoms because of their pride and their evil and selfishness. It's a reminder, again, that on this side of eternity, there is no king. There is, there is no one who can match the king of kings. And secondly, the future of God's people, this final vision that God gives to Daniel, this vision of hope, it begins with a succession of kings and kingdoms that miss the mark. And then secondly, it, the vision is, is one of, of hurt and, and grief and, and difficulty for the people of God. And you say, Chris, that doesn't sound like a vision of hope. Just, just wait for it. There's a reality that in this broken world we'll experience pain. And God says to Daniel, there's gonna, every generation that comes, there's gonna be difficulty. It's gonna be tough for the people of God to worship. They're gonna be persecuted. They're gonna be killed. They're gonna be separated. And this is gonna go on and on and on. And then the end will come. And the third portion of the vision, the strength of the vision, the, the hope of the vision is that God wins. That in the end, God has the final word. And there is hope because God sits on his throne and God will prevail. He will win. Jesus said it this way in John 16, in this world, you will have trouble. But it doesn't end there. If it ended there, it would be a message of despair. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. And everyone said, amen. But then he said, but take heart, have hope, because I've overcome the world. God wins. And at the end of the vision in chapter 12, if you want to just flip the page or, or scroll down, in verse 8 in chapter 12, at the end of the vision, after, after the angel gives the vision to Daniel, and he's overwhelmed by it, and he says, <laughs> I love his honesty, he says, I heard, but I did not understand. I couldn't understand it all. And I said, oh, my Lord, how shall all of this end? What will the outcome of all of these things be? In other words, how's it going to end? What's the end of the story? And I want you to pay attention to these final words in the book of Daniel as we finish the series today. Daniel chapter 12, verse 13, the final verse, the final chapter of the story the angel says to Daniel, go your way till the end and you shall rest. And you shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. The, the New Living Translation says it this way. As for you, Daniel, go your way until the end and you'll rest. And then at the end of the days, you will rise again 
and receive the inheritance set aside for you. What is the message here of hope? The message of hope in the very last verse, in the very last chapter of Daniel's life is the message of the resurrection. That for those of us who believe and trust in the living God, this world and life is not all there is. That there is a world to come. That God is making a new city for his people to gather them where we'll worship him and enjoy him forever. And that is the hope that we have. As Paul said in Colossians 1.27, Christ in us, the hope of glory. That is the hope that we have in a broken and lost world. I want you to see here that 500 plus years before the time of Jesus, the message, the final verse, the final word in the story of Daniel is a word of resurrection. Daniel, your hope is not in this world. Your hope is that in the life to come, God has a place for you. And think about this for a person that has been displaced. that was taken away from their home, that was taken away from the temple in Jerusalem, that God's final word in this vision of hope is, I have a place for you. It reminds us of something that Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come and I'll get you that where I am, you may also be. Don't miss this. The message of hope that is given to Daniel in the midst of his grief and despair, his loneliness in this world is the message of the resurrection. That there is more to come. And if we look at the arc of Daniel's story, right? We meet him as a, a young 15 year old in chapter one and here we are in chapter 12 as an 85 year old. If, if we look at the arc of his life, you know, we talked about Daniel isn't a perfect person. There is no such thing besides Jesus. None of us are perfect. Daniel wasn't perfect, but he trusted God. He, he followed God no matter what. He, he showed up to his own story and the story that God had for him. And it's this incredible mixture, this only God story of Daniel, of, of Daniel's participation in God's, in God's plan. And I can't explain to you the mystery of that, but God asked us to show up to our stories even in our grief and our brokenness, like we meet Daniel here, crying, Daniel is still seeking God. And here's what I believe about his journey. And maybe this is true of your journey. Many of us grow up and we hear about God and we know something of God, right? Some of you may have grown up in a Christian home. Some of you may not have grown up in a Christian home. For some of you, you're, you, you're just starting in church. For some of you, you're just returning to your faith and wanting to learn and to grow. Many of us, we began our journey by, by knowing God. But I want you to see this from Daniel. I, and I believe that for him as a 15-year-old, you know, as a good Jewish boy, he went to temple three times a day. He, he learned the law. He learned all the things. And that shows up in his life, these rituals and, and these um, routines that were ingrained in his life. But Daniel moves from knowing God, and we do too, or knowing something about God to believing God. And each of us has to take that journey too from, from knowing God to trusting God, to believing God. And, and here's my premise in this as we read the, the arc of the scriptures is that oftentimes 
that journey from knowing something of God or knowing about God to believing God and trusting God comes through crisis. It comes through hope deferred. It comes through a diagnosis or a divorce or something that happens in your life that you've got to choose. Am I going to Am I gonna grab hold of God and believe him and trust him with my life? Or am I just gonna continue to know something about God? You see, when I know God, I'm aware of what he's doing. When I know God, I'm aware of his presence in the world. But when I believe God and I trust God, I join him in what he's doing. I wanna participate in his story. I wanna show up to my own story, right? I want to be my true self as God made me to be, right? That's what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that we're a new creation, we're a a new story. The old has passed away, the new has come. I want to be my new self that God made me to be fully alive. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it overflowing. And Daniel is a vivid example of that. But we've got to move from knowing something of God or about God to believing and trusting God and following him no matter what. Let me say it another way, bottom line today, as we finish this journey with Daniel. Don't just read about Daniel in New City. Become a Daniel. Follow God no matter what. Move from knowing something of God or some facts about him or some knowledge about him to trusting him and believing him and placing your hand into the hand of God and following him into the darkness. We've got to become a Daniel. So I want to spend the last few minutes that we have together talking about how we become a Daniel. There's so many things in the scriptures here and in the story of Daniel to emulate and to model, but I want to focus on one verse. One verse, and I'm gonna ask you if you're able to stand to your feet and let's read this verse together from Daniel chapter 10. It's in this final vision, Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. And then I wanna share just a few things with you about how we can become a Daniel and follow God no matter what. Let's read it together, Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. Fear not, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard and I have come because of your words. The word of God to you today. You may be seated. This this word is given from the angel that comes to Daniel and begins to share this vision of hope to follow in chapter 11 then finishing in chapter 12. And it's full of all kinds of different things. Remember, it's evil kings and it's trouble for God's people. And then it's the message of, of God winning and prevailing through all of it. And, and, and in this one verse, as, as I studied, I saw four things that I wanna point out to you as we finish today. And we, we talk about not just reading the story of Daniel, but, but really becoming a Daniel in our generation, in our, our own Babylon, and living out the principles that we see from his life of following God no matter what. So just put, put your finger on that verse, Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. And let me share a few things with you. If you're, if you're taking some notes, maybe just write a few of these down. The first is, you wanna be a Daniel? Gotta stop living in fear gotta stop living in fear. Was Daniel afraid? I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was afraid. It's a natural emotion to be afraid, but he didn't let fear drive his life and his decisions. 
the first message that the angel gives to Daniel as he's overwhelmed with his vision and the sight of the angel is don't be afraid. Interestingly, uh, we're starting our Advent series next week. It's called The Angel Did Say. And it's the four messages of the angel at Christmas. We'll start next week in Luke chapter one with the story of Zechariah. And guess what the, the prevailing theme is in all four messages to Zechariah, to Joseph, to Mary, to the shepherds. The message begins with, fear not. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Stop living in fear. Let me read verses uh, 18 and 19 here in chapter 10. Daniel says, the one who looked like a man, he's talking about the angel, he touched me again and I, I felt my strength returning. And he said, don't be afraid for you are very precious to God. Peace, be encouraged, be strong. And as he spoke these words to me, I suddenly felt stronger. And I said to him, please speak to me, my Lord, for you have strengthened me. What a message. Daniel said, my strength was gone. I was grieving for three weeks. My heart was breaking and God spoke and it was the only thing that strengthened me. In the midst of my fear and my anxiety of my grief, it was God's word that strengthened my heart and allowed me to stand up once again and follow him no matter what. And the same is true for us. The message that your heart needs to hear, everyone look at me. The message that your heart needs to hear is not on Instagram. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's a, it's a bad thing, but that's not where your heart is gonna be fulfilled. You, your heart is gonna be fulfilled and you're gonna be able to stand up again and be encouraged again in this broken and dark world because of the word of the Lord. You touched me, God. You reminded me of who I am. I'm precious to you. I'm loved. And I was able to receive your vision of hope in my life and keep following after you. If you're not down today, if you're feeling broken, if you're feeling just broken, lost, listen to God's word of hope to you today. You're precious to him. You're loved. And he desires to speak to you right where you are. I love this quote from Holly Girth. She said, fear is a chihuahua that sounds like a Doberman. Don't you love that? It's true, isn't it? Fear is a chihuahua that sounds like a Doberman. You know, it's, 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 the old, you know, it's the old pond out back where you hear all these bullfrogs, you know, and it's so loud and overwhelming. You drain that pond and it's about two or three of them down there causing all that racket. Fear is a chihuahua in your life. And it will yip and yip and yip and yip and yip. But it, you can't let it drive your life. I, I wanna just, just a little experiment. If you're driving right now on the way home from Thanksgiving, don't do this, right? Uh, you can do it in your heart. But it, 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 as you've listened to the story of Daniel since August, as you've read it yourself, as you've studied it yourself, as, you, as you've talked about it in your groups and around your dinner table, I, I, just, I just wonder, have any of you found anything in the story of Daniel that's strengthened you, that's encouraged you, that's corrected you, that's filled you with hope, that's inspired you. Just if, if it has, would you just shoot your hand up real quick and I'll, I'll be the first one. Any, anything about the story of Daniel that's just really encouraged you and inspired you. Yeah, look around. Look around. 
none of these hands would be in the air right now if Daniel had followed his fears. Was he afraid? I'm sure he was afraid. A 15-year-old away from home, away from his parents, away from his family, all the things that he went through in his life, I'm sure he was afraid. He had to be afraid, but he didn't let fear drive him. Stop living in fear. Here's the second thing. You want to be a Daniel? Set your heart. Look at the words here. It says, since the first day you began to pray, since the, the first time you set your heart and began to pray, and it takes me all the way back to Daniel chapter one, verse eight, but Daniel resolved. Remember those three words? He set his heart and that resolve that determination in his heart that no matter what happens on the outside, I'm gonna set the GPS of my heart on God and through all the different twists and the turns and the ways that I go that don't seem to make sense, I'm gonna trust him. I'm gonna look to him. From 15 years old, he made that commitment. He began to set his heart on God. And remember we said, you know, when you're going through difficult times, you can panic, you can get paralyzed, or you can pray. And Daniel early on begins to pray. And it's, it's more than just a, hitting a button. It's a, it's a posture of pursuing a relationship with God. This dependence on God constantly for his strength and his, and his hope. And there is no such thing, right? There's no such thing as a passive Christian. There just isn't. You are not going to fall into following God no matter what. You're not just going to wake up one day and go, man, I just, I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to make any decisions. I didn't have to make any hard choices. I didn't have to be courageous. I didn't have to have any faith. It doesn't happen, guys. Following God no matter what is walking up a down escalator. You've got to keep taking steps. John Owen said, be killing sin or sin will kill you. Set your heart on God. Thirdly, you want to be a Daniel? Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. Seek understanding. Look at the passage again. Don't be afraid. Since the first day you set your heart and you began to pray for understanding. I began to try to understand God, to know what he's doing. Many of us pray to try to be understood by God. Okay, maybe, maybe I'm the only one. God, I just, I, just, I, just, I just want to be understood. I just want everybody else to understand. And what we see in Daniel is beyond everything else. He says, I just, I want to, I want to know God. I want to know God's heart. I want, I want to understand the activity of God. I want to know what God is up to. I want to, I want to join God in what he's doing in this world to advance his kingdom. And here, here's the key, guys, for all of us. I want, here it is. I want to understand God more than I want to be understood by others. Do I want to understand God more than I want to be understood by others? This is so difficult because the longing of our hearts as we were wired up by God is for intimacy. And what is intimacy? Intimacy is to be known and to know. I want to be known I want to know, but that starts with God. And, and when I try to do that with other people, I'm invariably gonna be let down because they're broken people just like me. And so Daniel models for us a heart of wanting to understand more than, more than wanting to be understood by other people. And, and, and one more thing, Daniel never start, stops learning, does he? 
He's 85 years old here in chapters 10 through 12. He's still asking questions. God, I don't understand. Help me understand. God, make yourself known to me. Help me understand the vision. God, what are you doing? He keeps asking questions. He's curious. The, the, the greatest coach of our generation said it this way, Ted Lasso, right? Be curious and not judgmental. Many of us live in a posture of judgmentalism towards other people, which it invariably turns back on ourselves. And our judgment of other people, our judgment of God, our judgment of other people, our judgment of ourselves keeps us from being curious. Be curious. Ask questions. Daniel is curious. He wants to know. He wants to understand God more than he wants to be understood by other people. Last thing, stay humble. Don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you set your heart and you began to pray for understanding and you humbled yourself before God. Go back to chapter nine and look at the third vision and how many times Daniel is praying with everyone else in the community and confessing his sins. As an 80 plus year old, he's still humble. He still recognizes his own brokenness, the ways that he falls short of the standard of God. Listen, our, our factory setting and our brokenness is, on, is pride. If, if you do nothing, you'll live a life of pride and you'll lead out of that pride. Daniel humbled himself before God. And we've said it so many times, but it's worth, it's worth saying again for all of us as a reminder, be humble or be humbled. Our factory setting is pride. We have to humble ourselves, not just once, but regularly before God. God. Lewis said, there's one vice of which no man in the world is free of, which everyone in the world loathes when they see it in someone else, and which hardly any people ever imagine they are guilty of themselves. Pride. It was through pride that the devil became the devil, and pride leaves every other kind of sin in our life. Lewis said, it is the anti-state of God. That's pride. We've got to humble ourselves and stay humble before God. The Oriental Institute sits on the University of Chicago's campus in Hyde Park. Some of you have been there. I want to finish our series here because the University of Chicago and the museum right there in Hyde Park contains one of the great artifacts of the Babylonian empire, the striding lion. Some of you have seen this. There are 120 of them. And these striding lions line the processional way on the main thoroughfare into the city, the great city of Babylon. It's not hyperbole to say that Daniel, our friend Daniel, his eyes may have glanced at this very striding lion that now sits in Chicago. A lion that represented the power of Babylon, the, the immenseness of the empire. And for Daniel later on in his life represented a, a night that he spent in a lion's den under the sentence of death. Could, could Daniel have imagined, hey, could Daniel have imagined that one day thousands of people would come 
to Chicago. And, and look at this striding lion and, and remember a king and a kingdom that doesn't exist anymore. And could Daniel, our friend, could Daniel have imagined that one day billions of people would read about his story in the Bible and be invited to follow a kingdom and a king that will never end. The story of Daniel is not meant to just be an inspiration. It is inspirational. It should inspire us, but it's not meant to just be an inspiration. The story of Daniel is an invitation. The story of Daniel is an invitation to each and every one of us to follow God no matter what, to not just read about Daniel, bottom line, but to become a Daniel, to stop living in fear, to set your heart on the things of God, to seek understanding more than being understood by other people, and to stay humble before God no matter what to follow after him in our own Babylons, in our own circumstances, in our own heartache, in our own grief, to set our hearts and to follow God no matter what. To Christ alone be the glory. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, thank you for this incredible story that is captured in your living word. And thank you for the ability to read it, to, to hear it, to experience it as an invitation to follow you no matter what. I, I wanna pray, I wanna pray today for all of my friends. I wanna pray for each and every one of us today that we would set our heart on you that we would stop living in fear, that we would seek to understand and be curious about you, God, to keep asking questions and learning, and that we would stay humble so that you can work in our hearts and through our lives. Would you help us to become Daniels in our own generation, in our own Babylon, and follow you no matter what? For your glory, amen. Would you stand as we respond?
So much for being with us today. Hey, we have a gift for you. Uh, some of you may remember I used a, a painting um, several messages ago when we were in the lion's den of Britton Riviere's uh, masterpiece, Daniel in the Lion's Den. And so we have a printed piece for you uh, with the name of the series and the date on the back. And my hope and prayer is that this is an artifact of how God moved and worked uh, 
in our hearts during this series and that you would place it in your Bibles or place it on your mirror or in your refrigerator um, as, a, as a vivid example and reminder of how God is speaking and working and inviting us as an invitation to follow God no matter what. So we've got one of these for you when you leave today. Our ushers will hand one on the way out. Uh, Jen and I would love to meet you if we had a chance to. Uh, we'd love to be able to pray with you up front. Uh, if you want to get connected here at New City, we'd love for this to be your home and help you take your next step here, whether it's into a, a community group or a, a team to serve here. Uh, connection Point's the easiest way for that to happen right out here in the courtyard. Afterwards, we had a great team that would love to greet you and help you get connected here. Would you extend your hands today for a benediction before we go? On the first day of Advent, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious on you, uh, to you and, and lift up his countenance upon you. And may the Lord today and all throughout this week fill you with his grace and his peace and his hope. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen. Love you, New City.